This is CliffCentral.com. It's got a lot of firepower. If you can figure out a way to wrestle that fear, to push you from behind rather than stand in front of you, that's very powerful. I have a dream. Multiplying leadership, moving society the millennial way. But you don't want to end up going after goals and dreams and neglect yourself. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform with your host, Bongani Dao. See, old friend, I brought more soldiers than you did. Youth Leadership Platform. I want to be there when the people start to turn it around, when they triumph over poverty. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Youth Leadership Platform with Bongani Tao. We start today's show on a sad note with the passing of uh, Babu Sandy, Babu Kiwarapeti and Prahu. And what we want to do today is pay tribute to all these fallen legends and great artists in their own right. Um, To help us do this, we gathered an army of angels, so to speak, to send in their voice messages uh, towards Ubrahu and the family. And you're about to listen to the montage that we compiled from the messages that were sent to us. I was bewitched uh, with music when I was born. And uh, I didn't go into it to be noticed. Like I used to get beaten up for singing at home. This kind of news you don't want to listen or to hear. Brahu's passing was was a shock. And I was I was so sad. I remember I was with Mum Tembi Mjali a day before and first thing I saw on my phone when I woke up the following morning, which was Tuesday. It was a message from Umam Tembi saying Brahu has passed on. It was so sad. I just couldn't believe. Uh, the last time I had spoken to Brahu was when he came back from hospital doing his operation. And I had seen him before and I just said, no, Brahu doesn't look okay. And I decided to, to give him a call. I said, Brahu, are you okay? And he said, Lelet, thank you for calling. I just came back from hospital doing an operation and it went successfully. I was relieved. And when I heard about his passing, I just couldn't believe that he was like a father to me. Well, he was like a father to all of the crew, uh, Sarafina crew. And we, we met him for the first time in uh, New York Kennedy Airport, JFA Kennedy Airport. And... He was one of the first people that came and welcomed us. There and there, Brahu became our father, our mentor, and he could just tell us everything. And he he was saying, you guys, whenever you need help, 
just let me know. He became our father. He became the parent that we had left back home in South Africa. So I'm, 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 I'm sad. I'm, I'm so sad. South Africa has lost a global icon. Condolences to the Masikela family. My name is Leleti Kumalo, and you're listening to the Youth Leadership Platform on Cliff Central with Bongani Tao. I don't shake hands anymore because my wife always goes like this. She shakes so many people's hands. So I said, what should I do? She said, it's nicer to hug anyway, and it's, it's more sanitary. But it also has a lot of soul. <laughs> As I sit listening to the rain, I'm wondering what Brahi would be doing right now. We lost him a couple of days ago, but he's still here through his music, through his spirit. I used to tease him by wearing my wig, even though I didn't want anyone with wigs next to him. I loved that man. He was generous. He was absolutely intelligent. He would guide me. He would, he would, you know, he was there. If I, when I did bump into him, if I needed advice, he was always kind. He was always funny. He, um, got me interested in Tai Chi. But one, Dada Wam, you have left us, but you are right here. Thank you so much to the Masakela family. Thank you so much for bringing us to Brahu. Brahu, I love you. Hi, this is Kuri Roberts, and you're listening to the Youth Leadership Platform on clipcentral.com with Bongani Tao. And when you come from the people and you become known because of them and their content, if you don't talk about their problems, I think you can't go far. It's like selfish to take something from the people and use it to become famous and not give back. A sad couple of days it's been since the passing of the great Rahul Masakela. And uh, if I was to think of memories of him, I have many, but probably my fondest memories of, of Hugh were when I did in fact, the concert that I met him at, was, which was a concert in Zimbabwe, called the Concert on, on the Front Line. And it was Harry Belafonte, Miriam Makiba. And um, I recall that my trumpeter admired one of his flugel horns. And Hugh so generously just said, here, have it. He was still in exile at the time, so that was the first time I'd met him, and that was in the in the 90s, in the mid to late 90s. The thing that people don't know is that, you know, you're lucky to be an African because Africans, we have extended families. You know, if you're starving, you can always go to your cousin or your uncle or your grandmother's house or your aunt's house, and, you know, and they'll feed you. But uh, I really learned, I think I learned how to, to live independently. Another incredibly fond memory I have of Hugh, um, which I'm not sure whether I liked or not, but he used to call me Pia Year. He used to say, Pia Year, what are you doing here? And uh, so that was a very fond memory. Um, I think that the lessons we've learned from Hugh is that there is no time to stop. Uh, he cannoned through his life. He performed at Woodstock. He uh, was performing right up until he was too ill to perform. And it just shows us that the lifespan of an artist is not necessarily one, two, five, ten years. It goes for as long as you want it to. I think that Rahu Masakela 
is a huge missing um, link in our musical armor now and um, I hope that we can remember him with love and respect and the honor that he deserves and most of all to Barbara and his whole family um, I send my deepest deepest wishes and love and condolences this is PJ Powers Tandeka and you're listening to the Youth Leadership Platform on Cliff Central with Bongani Tao thanks so much bye Um, I saw a film called Young Men with a Horn. It's a story of Big Spiderbeck. And in it, uh, Kirk Douglas played the part. And I went with a friend of mine. He had told me about the movie, and he said, we got to go and see this. And when we came back, we realized that we had to be trumpet players. This is Yvonne Chaka Chaka, very sad to learn about Uncle Hugh's passing. Anyway, he loved Africa, he loved everyone, he was loved by the world. He availed himself to the youth, he worked with everyone. So to the world, to South Africa, to his family, I want to just send my condolences and say, a giant has fallen, a baobab tree has fallen. Lala Ngotolo, Opa. The worst thing was that you start dreaming in English because I wasn't speaking English all the time, obviously, and I started speaking it there on a daily And uh, the day I woke up, I'd been dreaming in English, I cried, you know, like just to myself. And so I'd go to the park and talk to myself, you know, imagine I'm with the guys, hey, Jeff, my brood, check it out, and be acting. Like, and then one day, like, I was doing that, but there were some people looking at me. And I was really animated because I was going through Zulu and then Tosa and then Tzotzitan. And, and, uh, and the cop came to hug, excuse me, buddy. He said, he said, those folks uh, here say you've been standing here talking to yourself for the last hour. Are you okay? If you don't bring back um, uh, some kind of restora restoration of heritage into their lives, including language and uh, history. Uh, when they ask them who they are, they're definitely going to say, hey, they say we used to be Africans long ago. Because at that time, they won't even be speaking. I mean, many of them don't speak Af uh, African languages now, especially in urban homes. The saddest thing is that 25, 26 years ago, South Africa uh, was one of the most intelligent societies in the world. In the world, even though we had gone through Bantu education. And then something happened. And uh, 20 years uh, uh, since then, we've become a dumbed down nation. And we're the only society ever to like lower the passing standards. <laughs> in our schools. I don't have any uh, 
ambitions. You know, I just I just feel that it's it's work that I'm supposed to do. Otherwise my ancestors will punish me. Well because I got so much from them. You know. But I don't have ambitious futures about human secular legacy and you know. Um, I don't want to live beyond what, you know, where I am now. And I live it day by day. And I think that once you get too involved with your legacy and all that, you're swallowed by your own ego. who's tired walking around needs their head examined because I mean you know when you're alive you're alive you're supposed to live and sleeping is, is, is also not good for you resting is good so I don't I what a man don't, um, what a life live that, uh, the nation mourns and we're here uh, more than anything to celebrate the life more than to cry and and and, and be sad because this is one man that lived up to his potential. This is one man that changed and transformed people's lives with his art. And equally so, my two guests that have joined us in studio for today's conversation are men of esteemed um, demeanor and men who have transformed a lot of lives, men who we have learned a lot from through their art, through their speech and through their actions mostly. I'm joined today by Ubabu Prince and Ubaba, the legendary Mbongeni Ngema. Welcome to the studio and welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Um, to, to, to kind of start off um, with in the in-studio conversation, I'd like us to take this moment to reminisce on some of the Moments that you've had and that you hold dear to your hearts that you've shared with Ubabu Hugh, and we'll start with Ubabu Prince. Well, there are so many uh, instances one can think about, but uh, for me, um, remembering Prahu is really remembering his generosity of spirit and his uh, giving. You know, he was a very, very giving person yeah. in terms of his time. Uh, in terms of his, his resources. Yes. And, uh, he always spoke about the importance of learning and then teaching, yeah. you know. So yeah, for me, predominantly, I could say it's just about his generosity that I can talk about. Yes. And that would take days and I'm sure we don't have days <laughs> to talk about one thing. Yes. Out of so many <laughs> aspects of the man yes. and uh, his music and his influence in our country. Babumbongeni. Hmm. Uh, I think we are just about to sing the same song uh, in that 
you know, this was a very uh, giving person, not only in terms of uh, uh, financial resources, he was an inspiration. He was always ready to share a part of him with the younger generation. Yes. Even uh, very, very, very young kids. He would give his time. He would advise uh, even people that were older than him. I remember at one time we were in New York at SOBs. He was just about to start a concert. Mm -hmm. And another elderly uh, that we looked up to, Dumile Feni, he was a great artist. Yes. So Dumile comes to the show. We're standing outside. And Dumile was demanding to go in for free. Because Hugh is a homeboy. It's <laughs> a <laughs> <laughs> South African thing. <laughs> and, and, but not only that, to make matters worse, was Dumile was, was so drunk, you know, uh, which is typical of uh, South Africans, especially in exile those days. Because yeah. people were so frustrated, they missed home. Mm. And the only thing they could console themselves was to drink themselves to a stupor. Yeah. And there was Dumile, a man I had respected so much. I'm standing outside. And the concert was delayed for more than an hour because Dumile was trying to make sense. I mean, Hugh is trying to make sense to Dumile. You can't come here and you are so drunk. You are embarrassing all of us South Africans. And there were a lot of other guys from all over the world who were there to come and and celebrate uh, Hugh and his music. Yes. And Tinaba South Africans were then looking like, oh my God, where can we hide ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's, he took his time giving a lecture yeah. to Upra Dumile. I don't even, th- I think it went over his head because it was so high. Oh, but my. anyway, that was Hugh yes. just being himself yes. with his trumpet in hand and the band inside just started playing. <laughs> and he spent more than an hour trying to, to say to Dumile, don't do this. Yeah. It is not right. Yeah. You, you are putting us in a very bad spot. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's many of those. I mean, his laughter, for yes. instance. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. The humor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. you would, you would not hide him. Yeah. If he's in the room, uh, he would just start laughing. Uh, I remember one time where, uh, 1982 in London, he came to, this is when our friendship really started. Okay. Mm came to see Waza Albert and the, the theater was packed on the West End. There was that one voice that was laughing louder than everybody else, more than 1,200 people that were in the audience. <laughs> and that was human. <laughs> there we go, Mr. Humor. <laughs> and w- w- what, are some, what are some lessons that when, when you sat down and you, you conversated and with his life, portrayed in his life, that you learned as a person and you felt these are some principles that I can use in my life to better myself. Well, I mean, uh, we, we can talk about so many, you sure. know. Uh, I mean, I remember even with music, you know, because I wrote a lot of music with him because uh-huh. we, we, we spent so much time together. And, and one thing that I would say is I learned among many from him. You know, with us musicians, we have a tendency of wanting to put this and that and that and color the song yeah. in one pot. Yeah, <laughs> in one pot. Yeah. And, and Hugh, I remember, he, he taught me something. He would turn around and say to me, less is more. Is more. Hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Simplicity. <laughs> simplicity. And it simplicity. Remi- it reminds me of, of when we, we did uh, a time. Is time? No, Vic. Right. Arranging the music. Okay. Pravik was a great arranger and yeah. he, you know, he, he wrote some beautiful things. And, you know, in this one chart, hey, it was like, man, there's so many things happening. 
and Brahu yes. listens to the band. We are rehearsing the part. Mm-hmm. He says, "Yeah, man, it's Stravinsky." Runa Jaiva. It was like I mean, it was a beautiful arrangement. It yeah, was tight. Yes. It was beautiful Ravik, colors. Ravik and that was colorful. Yeah. And then uh, 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 Brahu comes in. He says, hey, "It's beautiful, but Runa Jaiva. <laughs> so simple, simplify this thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get rid of all these beautiful parts. Yes, they are great, but they are not going to work for my situation because Runa Jaiva. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how how could you still insist on playing the part? Yeah. He had to go back, simplify it, and the next time we came with the arrangement, it was like, you can hear the groove. So let's, yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. down. Let's because, jive. Because the bottom line is that the, the end consumer who's going to buy the music is yeah. not sophisticated as to listen to all these intricate harmonies yeah. Yeah. that you've yeah. put down. Yeah. All they want is the beat and they want to dance and, yeah. and the melody. True. You know? And that's the person who's going to buy the music. Because Tirama musicians, we have a tendency of you know, wanting to be really clever when yeah. we write. Everything yeah. has to yeah. be in there. Yeah. Show my skills. Show my skills. And, <laughs> forgetting know. that the person who's going to be buying the music, yes. they don't have the skill that you have. Uh, do, do you feel that it, it compromises the arts itself, that you are appealing to a nation like that or to a consumer like that, where you can't fully express yourself the way you, you'd want to express yourself? Because people... I want to think not necessarily, okay. you know, uh, in, in the sense that music needs to be appealing. Okay. There's a question of making music for the people. And sometimes when we get too involved with ourselves, we, it, it almost becomes like making music for myself. Okay. Yes. But am okay. I going to buy the music? No. It's the end consumer <laughs> yes. who is interested yeah. in buying the music. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, so if I make it too con- uh, uh, sophisticated and almost, um, what is it? Self, um, indulgent. Indulgent. Yeah. Then, Nobody's going to be interested, yeah. you know. Only as musicians are going to say, "Wow, oh, yeah, wow!" But, but how many but, of us but, are but, buying <laughs> the album? <laughs> in fact, most likely, all of us want to get it for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's in the space in any case. <laughs> sure. So it is important to make music for the people. Yeah, you know, there, there has to be. Of course, there will be maybe one song where you get all, you know, uh, 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 self-indulgent and uh, display your, your 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 talent. Yeah, but. Most of the time, when we make music, it's about connecting with the people. Mm. Mm. What, what is your last fond memory of him, that that or time that you spent with him? The last last memory that you can think of. Well, for me, I think the highlight of our lives and and both our careers, uh, I think. You know, his son the other day said to me, you know, it's amazing. Everybody talks about humans together grazing in their grass and that and that. But no one talks about Sarafina. Okay. <laughs> you know, because that is when Hugh branched from what he is known for. Yeah. You know, when I, when I said to him, come on, man, let's, let's do theater. Okay. It's another way of expressing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we shifted the, the idiom that he is known for. Yes. And we branched into a new space, yes. which is, which is theater. And, and, and we cracked it. We became the best thing that ever came out of Africa mm-hmm. to date, even to this day, because we cracked Broadway when no other musical from Africa had ever done that. Mm. And it just showed that we can actually diversify and, and, and be as great. And that for me was memorable. I tell you something. No one did not come to see Serafina. Think mm. of any musician. Yeah. Think of any actor. It, it became a rallying point for everybody yes. around the world. Uh, New York, those years, became a place to be because there was Serafina. Mm. I, I can never forget that because it was him and I that made that magic. 
what inspired I, 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 I Sarafina? Because there's there's a lot there's a lot of um, narratives about um, coming from a township or coming from black families and the struggles that we have as black people that are visible and that are portrayed there um, through through your excellence. So what what inspired a lot of what went in to the production itself? So many things. Uh, I think at the time when I came. I would not say I came up with the, the idea of Sarafina okay. because that would be wrong. I I took it from the nation. Yes, right, right. Uh, I remember we were uh, those days. Was, it was very difficult. We were, we would go to a funeral of a comrade this weekend, mm. and then police would come and tear gas us, mm. and some people would get hurt and some would die, die. Mm. and the next weekend would be in another funeral again. Mm. Uh, it was at a time when I was always around uh, uh, Winnie Mandela and Nelson Mandela's house in, in, in Orlando. Yes. Uh, in that tiny little four-room house, which is a, 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 a museum. A museum, a museum now. Yeah. yeah. And we had been to a funeral in Dobsonville. So Mum Winnie was there and everybody, all the cameras, uh, CBS, uh, NBC, BBC were there. And she decided to address the crowds in East Corsa. Okay. And then she spotted me in the crowd and she said, Mongen, Mongen, come here. I came and then she asked me to interpret in English for the camera so that, cause she really wanted to express herself, herself. Okay. in her own language. Yes. Wow. I did that. So after the, then there was the usual chaos at Dobsonville at the cemetery. Yeah. Uh, the police came in and the rest is history. But then later on, we reconnected at her, at her house in, in Orlando. I remember was, I was standing next to the kitchen door and she was cooking. And with all that had happened earlier on, I asked her, I said, Mama, what do you think is ultimately going to happen in this country? Hmm. She turned around and she stopped cooking. She hmm. stopped uh, uh, stirring the pot. Stirring the pot. She looked at me, what, Bongeni, I actually wish I had a big blanket to cover the faces of the little ones mm. so that they do not see the bitter end. Hmm. That that sentence, sure, it, it got stuck. stuck in my head. Yeah. And I remember driving out of her home with that sentence and then I started seeing these images of what had happened earlier. Yeah. I started seeing young school kids with uniforms singing freedom songs and that song freedom is coming tomorrow came to my head yes when i got home i went to the piano i, I could hear it ringing as i was driving home yeah and you know so that's why i say it came from the people yeah i cannot say it was an idea that i was sleeping one day it came now yeah wow that, that's a beautiful space it, it for is, you to come is, out of. Is. i mean I'm, I'm i'm hearing this for the first time and i'm blown away because the connection then becomes very clear. Yes. You know, mm. and uh, that Umamuini was part of the inspiration behind it. Mm. And of course, at the end of the day, we spoke about Mandela when he, you know, uh, did the Sarafina thing and mm. the freedom that's coming. Well, I know. I'm blown away. It's <laughs> educational for me to be here today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let, let's talk about the power of jazz. You, you think of the likes of Nina Simone in, in, in America and, and some pioneering spirits there and our very own Abu Miriam Makeba, Oprah Hugh, do you think that with what um, these giants started, is, is, is it lost in uh, this current generation? Because it was, it was very key in, in the history of this country. We, we, we can't think of the past without thinking what the likes of you have accomplished through music. 
Well, I don't think it would be lost per se. Um, there might be not as many people following that kind of music. Okay. I mean, some people, there, there, there's, for instance, uh, a, a conversation that's going around. Is jazz dead or is it alive? Yeah. It just depends on what space you go to to realize mm-hmm. that jazz is still alive. It might not be as uh, in your face as Kwaito uh, and other Nekom and, and, and things yeah. like that yes. are. But those influences, when you even listen to the young people's music, you can get some 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 of the old music in the background. That means mm. they are still saying, well, while we going forward, we still know about this music and we want to keep it uh, uh, alive in some way. Mm. So jazz is not dead per se. It still influences things and uh, it's just maybe almost in the periphery instead of in the mainstream as it used to be. As it used to be in the but past. But also, uh, uh, just to add on what Prince is saying. Yes. You know, yes, Kwaito and all of these things and hip hop can be in the forefront. But guess what? When it comes to live performance, yes, even the quite hardest followers, they say, that, "Okay, now we're going to each end." Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it, and and you, you, it is amazing to see these young people taking in this old music and owning it. Uh-huh. Yeah. When you see in live performances, suddenly they don't want hip hop and quite suddenly they want jazz uh-huh. if it's live music, and it tells you that. Uh, jazz will always be there. Uh, I don't think jazz will die. Yeah, no, it will never die. How 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 do you think we can still maintain the the kind of spirit that you, that your generation had, um, pushing social justice using using this art? Uh, you know, I think that the young people and some of them are doing it. I mean, you, you have people like Black Coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is really rooted in the older generation, even though he's doing the music of today? Yes, but you you can like, the referencing, the referencing. Yeah, yes. So uh, I think that more and more of the young people, if they can have that connection, mm. and I am sort of glad that in universities, for instance, like well, UKZN, uh-huh. you know, they they are teaching uh, jazz and African jazz in yes. particular. Yes, you, you know. So these young people. Where we find them today is they are scattered around universities practicing instruments and getting to know their art, their craft better. Mm. Unfortunately, as Prince said, you don't find jazz in the mainstream as it were when we grew up, you know, in the, in the 50s, 60s and 70s. Mm. Do, you, do you feel that with, with your struggle and what the generation before us, which, which includes you, fought for, in, in transforming South Africa to embrace black people, um, do you think we've made substantial progress from then to now? And, and where can we improve at this point? I think we made progress, but I think we also retrogressed. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm here, uh, I, I hate to say this, but I was hoping that our political organizations, for instance, you know, because they were in exile, they were at the epicenter of what was happening. You talk about Miriam today. Yes. Miriam glued everybody together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miriam uh, uh, was trumpeting the cause of freedom way back in the 60s, way mm. before us. Yeah. You know, even before you. Yes. Uh, and she became a rallying point to an extent that in the United Nations, she was asked to go there and make a speech about South Africa. Yeah. Hmm. Where did we lose it? Suddenly, w- when we were hoping that 
arts and culture would be the epicenter of the political space in South Africa because these people who came from exile to lead us, they understood that yes. when they wanted to be listened to, they would push us as artists in the forefront mm. to be in the forefront. Mm, 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 you know, mm. I remember, I mean, we, we were talking about Sarafina and many others, but I remember that backstage with Sarafina every day without fail, we had a wall full of uh, 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 letters mm. from different, from companies like Ford Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, people who were, who had been investing in South Africa. People like Bishop Tutu and everybody were saying, please disinvest in South Africa because you are prolonging our liberation struggle. Mm. But when we came with theater, suddenly these companies came to see the show and they said, wow, Wow. Is this how things are in South Africa? Mm. And they would write letters to us saying, we are now disinvesting in South Africa. Mm. That shows you the power of art. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah. now... I, I open us. I open us. But yes. now in the current dispensation, it's like our government has forgotten all of that. Mm. Suddenly, we are somewhere in the periphery. Mm. Yeah. Whereas we were the people even thinking about it, who, 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 who were doing concerts for free, raising funds. Yes. You know? And uh, today, it's almost like, who are you? You know, mm. there needs to be more support yeah. for the arts, particularly jazz and that, because we were in the trenches. Mm. We raised those funds. I, I, I can remember a story, um, with working with Bayete in the nineties. I learned, had, had to learn 15 songs between Joburg Sheesh. and, uh, uh, Orlando Stadium to mm. go and raise funds. We wow. did a concert there. I had been, I was new to yeah. Bayete, but I learned 15 songs <laughs> be, in the Kumbi between Joburg and Orlando st uh, Stadium. Wow. We did that concert. The guys were like, but trip, how do you do than, this? You know, trip less but, than 30 minutes. Yeah. And I was busy with Temba Mkiz writing the parts. He was dictating to me what it was. And I would play on the horn in the, in the combi. Yeah. Write down 15 songs that we, we, we performed. And we were raising funds. Now that we are in the new dispensation, where are we? In the periphery. Mm -hmm. But uh, something that you mentioned about, uh, you know, which I didn't know anything about until last week. You're talking about uh, uh, Miriam's speech at the United Nations. Yes. Do mm. you know this about it, that it was written by Kositsil? I didn't know. I only heard last week, mm. you know, mm. that uh, actually Kositsil was locked into a room. Who who was saying this? Uh, I think it was uh, Ndate Kwango. Okay. Mm. That, that, you know, uh, the um, heads of the ANC at the time came to New York and they were in Kositsile's house. No, at Mi in Miriam's house because it was very close to the, the United Nations. Oh, okay. And uh, they were making this... Uh, 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 she... One of the... Or somebody who was supposed to make the speech at the United Nations. Mm. They asked Kositsile, locked him in the room to write the speech and Miriam was going to... Uh, and make a speech because she was the face mm. and the voice of the people. Mm. So, you know, that connection, I was surprised that the Gwangwa said this, you know, that actually this speech was written by mm. Kositsile. Mm. And now we've just, buried, I, I, yeah, <laughs> we've just buried Kositsile. Yes. And, uh, Sis Barbara gave a beautiful tribute to, to, uh, Kositsile a week before Brahu mm. left this country. I mean, this world rather, you know, mm. yes, and uh, yes, yes. now you can see the connections. And it's for me, it was like, wow, these people have really contributed to our freedom. And uh, if we forget about them, we are going to be in trouble. We, we, we're mm. doing we're doing the nation and everyone and injustice. An, an injustice. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and there's a there's a 
uh, a beautiful poem that was written by Ubabu Kiurapeti Khositsil to Ubabu Hugh. Yeah. Um, and I, I want us to, to discuss that a bit. Okay. Um, it reads, men, men boy of the ages, mirror of my stupidity and wisdom. Yours too, if you know, there's no such thing as an even. There's no such thing as even a perfect God. We are all dispensable, mm. like words or songs, like obsolete tools, like a mother's afterbirth, rending, yes. We travel, we move closer or apart. Don't we know that, we, that even the sun can be brutal? This is the rhythm and the blues of it. Home is where the music is. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that poem last week. And I think somebody quoted it a few days ago yeah. as well at, at the memorial on Friday. Being artist and, and, and having played such a, such a major role in, 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 in the music industry and having had music play an important role in, in, in your individual lives, what does this phrase, the, the last line, home is where the music is, mean to you? Well, well besides the fact that it was uh, one of his albums, albums uh-huh. uh, but, you know, it, it is... It illustrates who the man was mm-hmm. because even after so many years being in exile, he never lost touch with the home. Mm-hmm. Mm. He, he kept the rhythm, the South African rhythm so alive throughout the world for 30 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a long time yes. to be away from a country that gives you the, 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 the motivation, the, the, the juices to carry, to carry on every day. Sure. Uh, and, and for me, even though he never said this to me, but for me, when he came up with that album, Home is Where the Music Is, it's like he was getting the inspiration one more time from home. From home. Mm. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's like the, these are my roots mm. and uh, I can still refer to them even being out of that space. Yes. Mm. One of the things that he spoke about is that, you know, as a people, as a generous person, is that when you have family, you can go to your aunt's house and get food, if, even if there's no food at your home. Yeah, Home is where the music is means I'm rooted in this place and how, however far away from it I can go. Because of my roots, I can always tap in into the energy and the inspiration of my people. You must remember that even in exile, they, they got some music, you know, mm. uh, my hotel queens and so forth. That was still coming through. Yeah. Some of the most beautiful African songs that people like Brad Jonas, uh, Abrahu, and that uh, Brakaifas have written. Yes. Were actually written in exile. Hmm. Mm. And you think about it, but the references are still, are still from home. From home. Mm. So yeah, it's, you can't take me away from my home. You might, you might lock me away from it. Yeah. I, I might not have a passport <laughs> to be to there physically. My, yes. But yes. in terms of my spirit and my connection, yes. that you cannot take away. Hmm. How, how do we transmute the spirit to, to the, our generation, the millennial generation? Because it's, it's very key. It's very key. There's a lot of social injustices that we are still fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, students with education and, 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 and different other things that they still want to, you know, break the boundary and, and move past to, to be able to emancipate themselves from certain disadvantages and fallbacks that they're currently facing. So h- how do we transmute that, that spirit, um, of using the art to, you know, to, to heal, to heal South Africa? 
I think it's a collective thing, really. Mm. I don't think it only rests with musicians. You see, one of the biggest problems we are having is the airwaves okay. in this country. You open uh, television, all you see is America or, so- mm. or South Africa trying so hard to, to, be, to, be, to, be, to like. be American. <laughs> to be like. Now, that for me has been the saddest of all things. You go to America and Americans are trying so hard to be African. Africans. <laughs> and South Africans are actually but going a different, different direction. <laughs> opposite. <laughs> yeah, really opposite. And, and, and because our television stations and our radio stations are pumping so, you know, they're forgetting one thing that when things like rap started, yeah. it was an expression for poor America because Amer- black Americans are a very destitute society. Mm. Don't be fooled by what you see the videos, TV. them wearing chains, bling, gold chains, because those chains, as soon as the video is shot, the record company wants that chain back. back. Give me that chain. Hmm. You know, it doesn't belong to you. Hmm. And those guys are poor. America, Black America is a poor, very poor society. Today, they are, they're, they're, they're complaining that they've been moved away from Harlem, which has been the ghetto of Black America for so many years. Now, white people, because they have money, they can afford it. They've bought Harlem. Hmm. And black people have been moved even further out in the Bronx. Now, what is there to celebrate about black America? I mean, you hear these young people say, hey, nigger. I mean, give me a break. What is nigger? Mm. Nigger is, is an insult. It's exactly the same as saying kaffir. Because black Americans, they are now, they don't even want to be called black Americans. They want to be called African Americans. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because it is an insult to say to them, they are black Americans. Because they are not Americans. They are African Americans. The nigger is even out of the question. Mm. So, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, they're working so hard, trying so hard. It is a pity that you cannot ship them, uh, uh, stack them in ships and bring them back to Africa. But they are, even the young ones are yearning to have a connection with Africa. Hmm. There you have our own young people here trying so hard to be poor. Hmm. Because trying to look like black Americans is actually asking to be poor. Hmm. Politically, in terms of your knowledge, in terms of your African heritage... Actually, you are pleading for poverty. Do, do, you, do you feel that a, a lot of what is happening now is, is because our current generation has lost the sense of identity and African, they, they're not in touch with African history for what it is, but there's a lot of Western influence in their lives today? I think that was, was carefully designed. When the white men knew that at some point we were going to be free politically, they then, there is no better way of changing a society uh, than arts and culture, music, film, mm. theater. It's the biggest tool that America has, it has shown us that with, with Hollywood, with, with television channels, with music, you can make people actually follow you. Mm. So, uh, the previous government knew it was going to happen that we're going to run the country. But, Greater oppression is when you take away the the cultural heritage of a nation mm. and the identity of a nation mm. and the and the historical heritage of a nation. Mm. These young people today don't even think they are African. Mm. These young people today, if you if you leave South Africa, just next door in Zimbabwe, it's a different country altogether. You go to a nightclub in Zimbabwe or in Namibia or uh, 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 in the Zimbabwe. DRC, yes, you hear African music in a nightclub. Yes. Go to a nightclub in Sentin, you hear America. Yeah. 
I think we, we aspire too much to be like the other world. We've even forgotten about Ubuntu. And that's one of the things that we need to go back to. Yeah. I mean, while talking about Brahu, Brahu says in one of his uh, uh, interviews, our people must not come to a point where they say, our children must not come to a point where one day they say, we used to be Africans. Mm. (laughs) Because one, we have forgotten our languages. Yeah. Mm. How many of our children speak fluent English, uh, you know, dynamic in other spheres? Yeah. But when it comes to Speaking is Zulu. When you are Zulu, they cannot do that. Uh, I heard a, a Motswana ch- child say, "I don't speak Zulu anymore." She didn't even realize that her home language is Motswana, oh not Zulu. I don't speak Zulu anymore. You know, and one of the responsibilities that we have is that we need to stay connected. Our children need to learn all these other things, but they also need to know their languages. Music needs to come back. To schools like we, it was part of our curriculum mm, when we, mm. we grew up. Mm. There are no choirs anymore in schools, mm. you know. And I know I might be controversial, but we've also done away with assembly, just being able to pray as a people. Yeah. Mm. And those are some of the things, building blocks upon which we were raised, and they are being done away with. Mm. And we then we wonder how are these people all confused and not doing the right thing? Mm. Because mm. there are things that we've taken for granted. But music needs to go back into mm. our schools. Uh, the importance of arts and culture needs to be emphasized from very young so that we can, we can stay connected to who we are. And I think it needs to be compulsory for our children to le- learn an African language in school. Mm. Mm. It needs to be compulsory. Otherwise, we're going to end up with a situation. We used to be African. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. A, a bleak world that would be with, 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 with us losing, completely losing touch with our identity and, and our heritage as a people. Yeah. And somebody said, even in schools, we, st- they, they, they should introduce now, uh, uh the history of music, the South Afri- Afri- African way. Ask people about Hugh Masekel, yeah. Jonas Gwangwa. Yeah. Go mm. back to the Kipi Mwekezis. Yeah. You know, Mbongeningem. Yes. And all these people, people need to learn about their own. Before we start trying to find out about who's Charlie Parker. Because I can tell you now, if you go to a jazz club and ask guys who's Charlie Parker, they will tell you. If you ask some of them who's keeping Mokets, they will say what club did he play for instead of thinking hey, in a musical yeah, yeah, yeah. term. You know? <laughs> yeah. They think maybe he played for Orlando Pirates yeah, or yeah, that. Yeah. Which, which is part of our history, but it needs to be in context. Yeah. I'm talking about keeping Mokets. Mm. You need to know that he played the alto saxophone, he played the clarinet, self-taught, and he did this. He was one of the pioneers, people that uh, Bob Rahu hung out with, you know, he was part of the epistles. But that's part of the history that we need mm. to get introduced into the schools. Mm. And, and and bring back into the syllabus of, of what African child needs to learn. Absolutely. Hmm. Do we do we have something in the productions that... Um, will take the world by storm like I, 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 Sarafina. Even something that maybe our generation maybe can take from you and, 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 and you know, continue with and, and, and produce for our generation and the generation to come, just to keep that flame alive. Well, there is, uh, I have a new movie that we finished shooting last year. Okay. Uh, it's coming out in March, mid-March this year. Wow. Uh, so hopefully it will have something to contribute to our, our nation and our young people because that's another uh, art form that we as African people have been robbed of 
there has been so many movies about South Africa and about Africa as a whole, mm-hmm. but those movies have not been written by us. Yeah. Not been acted by us. Not been acted. Not, not been our perspective. Not our perspective. Hey. So it's about time that uh, young people today should know that it is possible to actually create our own stories, write our own movies. Now, when you talk about the movie, you're talking about so many things. You're talking about drama. You're talking about music. Yes. You're talking about uh, cinema. Yes. It, 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 you're talking about costumes. You're talking about so many other facets that create what we uh, finally end up with on the screen. Yes. Uh, and so all the, those uh, art forms are embedded in this one commodity that is called a movie. So you can imagine how broad that is. Yes. And and you 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 we, we cannot be producing movies uh, uh, about music that is not ours about hip hop about da 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 da. da. Uh, uh, Prince has just been talking about keeping Milk Gatesy, you know. You you have uh, Maotala Queens, yes, the Soul Brothers, yes. We we know Stimela uh, yeah. and and all these people. That when we sit down and begin to score a movie, we've got such a huge. Uh, encyc- uh, encyclopedia of music work, work from, yeah. work to work from yeah. and say oh this mood oh it can sound like Stimela oh, oh mm. this one can sound like the Soul Brothers mm-hmm. this can sound like ah oh, Zakes this can you know we, we have so much that we are not using yeah yeah, so yes, the, we we have that movie coming, and I hope it will inspire a lot of young people. Mm. Oh, that's what, what's the name of the movie? Asinamali. Asinamali. Yeah, it's based on my uh, earlier play, but it's now been adapted to cinema. Sure, hmm. that's, that's, a, that's a great a great play, and I think the content will be really uh, uh, educational to yes. a very large extent. Yes. Oh wow, mm. we're looking forward to it. Thanks. Sure, sure. So we, we, we're going to be played um, a bit by Ubabu Prince, uh, who can set up now um, for, for, for a tribute to Uprahima Sigela and, and pretty much everyone that has contributed okay. to, to, to the musical sphere. And we, we would love to be, to be, to be serenaded. Um, he has a saxophone in the studio. <laughs> Flugelhorn. A flugelhorn. You know, it reminds me of Uprachan. Uprachan, I'm glad the guitarist for Soul Brothers. So we get into a studio. No Pravik, Tantoni. No Pravik was scoring. So, so all these guys come in. So you tell me, Uprachan, so Dutch, okay. Masikela played at his father's funeral. Okay. And uh, normally, and maybe Mamushab, but these are songs associated with Masikela. All right. So that's it from us at the Youth Leadership Platform. Um, catch the show next week at 2 p.m. or catch the next episode on Cliff Central. Keep it glued to our, all our social media platforms. Well, pick Cliff Central on Twitter and Instagram and Youth Leadership Platform on Facebook. From myself, Bongani Tau, the gracious Babumbong Eningema, and Bab Prince, who's going to play us out. Take us away, Bab Prince. <laughs>
Wow, wow, wow. And wow. Yeah. One of my influences. That was a beautiful melody. Like we said, um, keep it locked to the youth leadership platform, and you're most likely going to hear more of this and more. Thank you this very much. This is cliffcentral.com.